0: Welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown Week 10 Recap. Yep, I got that right. Uh, it's about the only thing going right tonight. Um, in the Winnipeg Market, there is an absolute thunderstorm outside. Uh, I've had two power outages. Ryan's lights are flittering. <laughs> um, the only one that seems to have come out unscathed in this for the moment is Adam Stewart, so no pressure if uh, both of us uh, happen to cut in and out throughout the night. But uh, anyway, we are here, we are in one piece, and we are dry right now, uh, which is good. Uh, this is episode 167, uh, the Week 10 Recap. We want to, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to all four games. From this past weekend, give our Players of the Week update the Power Ranking, teach your questions and comments throughout the show all made possible by our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV. You can learn more by visiting Facebook.com, uh, that's gametime TV MB. Hi to those of us tuning in live. Uh, there's a bunch of you already in the comments. That's nice to see. Uh, we will also welcome most of you over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and the Game Time TV YouTube page, as well as those of you listening and watching on demand. Before I bring in the rest of the panel, I do want to mention we're a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty One Territory, traditional territory of the Ocean Abi Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples. and and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4, traditional territory of Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in this panel tonight, uh, sitting, well, I guess in the center of the screen tonight. So I don't know if that's foreshadowing a disagreement, but Adam and I are going to have, but anyway, here is uh, Ryan Coop. Good evening, Ryan.
1: Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Adam. Good evening, everybody. Uh, yeah, a bit of crazy weather going on here. Uh, you know, it's fitting for what was a crazy week in the CFL. So uh, bear with us tonight, everybody. We've had some technical difficulties. We hope it's going to work out here tonight. Uh, but if it we is, we're, we're here to have some fun recap and everything from week 10. So I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight
0: and sitting two across from me right now on the end of the screen on the very right is uh, adam stewart Uh, good evening adam
2: good evening guys you know i know you guys said it was going to be retro night but we figured we got to let ryan learn how to be a parent a little bit when the kid comes into the bedroom in the middle of the night and wants to just come in and sleep in your bed well guess what here i am so uh no richard the cows did not get loose again uh, we're all here, uh, yeah, ready to go and talk some CFL football. Man, what a crazy week we've had. You're right about that, Ryan.
0: You know, I was thinking on my way over here, guys, this thunderstorm was kind of the foreshadowing of me. Uh, Thunder Banner, quite the impression that the Montreal Alouettes left IG field with, uh, snatching uh, victory from uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, ending – Therefore, their unbeaten run as, well, an unbeaten football team. That is their first game of the week. It is the Montreal watch 20, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 17 in overtime. Um, Quite messy, just like the weather outside right now. Um, one team sort of picking up the pieces when it mattered most. Or, shall we say... Maybe not a whole lot of what they did do, but versus a game lost by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to kind of reset. Uh, The score was 17-10 for Winnipeg in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Bombers looked like they were going to at least tack on a field goal to go up by 10. Uh, And then Zach fumbles on the... I think it was the 25 or 30-yard line. They had the field goal uh, there. They turned the ball around. Uh, Montreal ties the game, 17 apiece. Uh, if you think there's a great opportunity for a victory, Tolerios uh, leads the Bombers down the field on a nice drive. Uh, Ladio misses the field goal, which I still can't believe he missed. Um, but you know, we've seen it elsewhere. Why not in Winnipeg? Uh game goes to overtime. and uh, In overtime, uh, Montreal gets the opening series field goal to go up 2017. Winnipeg Blue Bombers return to the scene of the crime. Try another field goal. Uh, this one plants off the upright and therefore is a victory for the Montreal Alouettes. Um, really quickly, I neglected to mention, uh, we have a new partner, uh, partnership on the podcast. Um, before we get into comments from this game, from both of you, uh, Betstamp has been a very, very, uh, good partner so far for us, Ryan.
1: Yeah, of course, we announced a few weeks ago that uh, we have partnered with BetStamp. You can go on the BetStamp website, track and see all the picks that Adam, Trey and myself have been making on our preview shows every week. And for those, uh, yeah, they haven't been great. You know, Trey's had some good success, the rest of us. yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, we've been using BetStamp and uh, yes, they are a paid partner of the podcast. And for those that don't know about it. Betstamp uh, is a uh, free app that helps you find the best odds for your online sports betting wagers. With so many sports books out there these days, it's hard to know which one has the best price. Well, they put it all in one convenient place for you. You simply pull up the game on the Betstamp app. You see the odds offered for, by each of the different sportsbook affiliates for that game. And if you find some odds you like, you can sign up directly through the bet link page on BetStamp for the affiliate. Make your bets and hopefully take home some sweet cash. Uh, and if you want extra insight uh, before you place your wagers, you can find picks others, such as ourselves, make uh, over on the commission free BetStamp Marketplace. You can find us there. Just search, I think it's at CF Countdown uh, Pod, is the username there. Uh, And through the verified bet tracking, you can get the guarantee that the odds we're picking and telling you we're picking are verified and legitimate. Visit BetStamp.app or download the free app from your app store and use our referral code, CFC. Let them know we sent you uh, and start using it free. Track your bets and uh, best of luck with your wagers. And remember, always bet responsibly.
0: Grateful to have uh, BetStamp on as a P partner of this podcast. So, without further ado, I think I'm going to open the floor to Adam here for his unbiased opinion, because I, I think Ryan and I might have some ranting to do. Um, Maybe. We'll see. Um, Adam, your thoughts on this? Alouette's 20, Winnipeg Blue Bombers' 17 score in overtime. Where do you see this? Was this the Winnipeg Blue Bombers gone wrong? Or... Montreal sort of backing into a victory or a combination of both.
2: You know, I see this both ways actually on this one. But first, I have to say one thing: Did Markelasio and Corey Fajardo, or Cody Fajardo go to the same bar? I'm I'm just wondering. Sorry, I had to say it. Anyways, I can see how it's happy. Mike is about that joke. Uh, I'll move on. The Alouettes and the uh uh were actually a great defensive team. I think we see Moore come out in this game. And just absolutely take it to the uh, Winnipeg offense, which was very, very much, uh, very much amazing on that part. But, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been a good team in the fourth quarter. This time here, they couldn't pull it off. Uh, But I see some concern about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a little bit, uh, especially in the first three quarters of the game. Uh, If they can't get things going early they really, really will have problems going forward, especially when you play a team like maybe Nathan Work and the BC Lions, or even uh, Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders, or even the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, sort of, but I'll get to them later on because uh, I might have a little rant of my own to go on on that one. Uh, but no, the, uh, the Bombers played a pretty good game. Again, need to get it going a little bit sooner than just the fourth quarter. Uh, but give the Montreal Alouettes full credit. They hung in there. They weren't expected to hang in there. And they played a great game. And also, I should mention on there, Trey just brought it up. Uh, congratulations to Andre Pruhl. 400th game in the league. Uh, quite an accomplishment. I hope that there's another uh, 400 to go for Mark uh, for Andre Pruhl. Ryan, what did you see in this game?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I saw a lot of the same, that Montreal defensive line especially. You know, to me, it's it's the Montreal defensive line and it's Dominic Davis are the players of the game here for Montreal. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because we saw a lot from Noel Thorpe, who's now the defensive coordinator there over in Montreal. Uh, we saw a lot of what he did last season in one game with Edmonton against the Bombers as well, where it was blitz, blitz, blitz every play. Uh, and it seemed to be effective and it worked and it was working again here through Zach Kaleros off of his game. And uh, I think that that, uh, you know, was truly what led to a, a good effort here by the Alouettes to pull out the win here on this one. So, yeah, I was very impressed with what they did. Um, you know, it's not easy beat Bombers. Nobody had done it yet this season, nobody had done it at home. I believe this was Kaleros's first loss at home at IG Field since becoming a member of the Bombers, which is insane. Um, And kudos to the Owlets. I got to give them props. I got to give Gary and his guys props uh, for getting it done here uh, in a a crucial victory. And yeah, you know, they they maybe got a little bit lucky with a couple shanked kicks there by by Mark Leggio at the end. But hey, sometimes luck is uh, you'll take it to win a football game, right, Adam?
2: Absolutely. And I mean, the uh, Montreal Alouettes just haven't had very much luck of all, really. I mean, they've had a lot of close games. Uh, they've had that field goal also just for them. Also have the same problem where a guy misses it at the last minute. Uh, now, if y'all notice, though, one thing we're not talking about much is the refereeing in this game. I mean, I did mention our Mark, or Andre Pruel, I should say. Uh, you know what? The refs had a pretty good game overall in this one here. I know Trey was uh, mentioning about the offside call a little bit. But you know what? A toe, an inch, a fraction of an inch, if you're offside, you're offsides. Uh, You can't go and rely on the referees to give you anything in the league. And in this case, they had to make the call. And it sucks for uh, Winnipeg because, let's face it, they had them stopped. But that's what happens when you rely on the referee at the end of the game. Uh, Mike, what was your other thoughts on this game here? You know, I'm not as hung up about
0: the offside. Um, There are multiple reasons that the Bombers lost. And the offsides are way down on my list as far as uh, that one. Um, I'm just really, to be honest, like I'm fed up because it's like the bandwagon and people are jumping off the bandwagon. Hey, I heard the Winnipeg emergency rooms were full. we uh, taking in a lot of people because of ankle injuries from jumping off the bandwagon.
2: Well so you mean that you mean that big crash to the east is uh you guys? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, so uh, you 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 probably heard that crash from York and uh uh Adam. Uh, I think you were joking about that before the game. But guys, realistically, let's keep this in perspective. We're one made field goal chip shot away from talking about a 10-0 and football team. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not frozen over for this football team. And in fact, it would terrify me if I'm arrested The CFL, particularly Calgary. But Winnipeg has over two weeks to stew over this. Because now the Bombers coming off a bye for me. It's a scary proposition. We saw what happened last year. It was that unbeaten run, that loss in Toronto. Granted, they also, if memory serves correctly, had a bad one in Montreal, but they wound up losing uh, both last year and in 19. And how did that turn out? Um, you know what? I, guys, realistically, the Bombers are not and we're not going to go 18-0. and I am shocked the loss did not happen before then, but I refuse to get on this, oh, it's time to panic. It's time to trade people. It's time to, you know, get a new starting quarterback. It's, heck, I'm not even on the let's get a new kicker. He's 90% on the season, and he didn't miss two kicks, and you're ready to boot him out of town. I just don't get it. Preach it, and Mike. That, Preach it. Sorry. Preach it. Yeah. Well, and uh, to me, to me, here's the thing. I I don't want to make excuses, but this was a team that was playing football for the tenth straight week with lots of injuries and probably looking at a ahead at the bye week over their shoulder. This team is fine. Take a breath. Relax. We are nine and one. If you would have said nine and all first half, you would have signed up for that,
1: right? I, I just want to jump in here and then we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Richard in the chat, <laughs> Richard in the <laughs> chat said the breaks didn't go Winnipeg's way in this one like they had earlier in the season. Uh, and I think that's a great way to put it. Winnipeg's had a lot of close games. I would say this is the sloppiest nine and one football team I've ever seen, you know? Uh, there has been a lot of games that probably should have lost, but they caught a couple breaks along the way. So I'm interested to see where it goes from here. My immediate thoughts when the loss happened is, uh, I, first of all, I was at the game. I, I wasn't upset. I just audibly laughed as soon as the game finished. Because if you're going to ruin the unbeaten streak, I'm glad it's in the most chaotic way possible. And it's to a team that is completely irrelevant to them. Right. Like the Alouettes have been winning this game has no impact on, on the bombers, unless they end up facing each other in the gray cup. Like unless the unthinkable happens, Winnipeg's not crossing over. So, you know, realistically, the next time they face each other could be that gray cup game. So does it hurt them the loss on this one? No, I think in the long run, maybe it's better for them to get it out of yep. the way here and to go out of their, you know, go out of the bye week come back fresh, uh, they've got three buys, six home games down the stretch. Like uh, it should still be a pretty good second half of the season here for the Bombers. But uh, kudos, kudos to the Alouettes for pulling out the win on this one. Uh, respect to them for that. But uh, I, I think let's move on to the next game here, Mike.
0: Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, another team that might be picking up the pieces for a very different reason. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts failed to make the two straight wins over the Toronto Argonauts in successive weeks while losing Andrew Harris to what seems to be a very significant injury. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Speaking of significant injuries, Hamilton able to overcome a upper body injury to starting quarterback Dane Evans, uh, riding on Matthew Schultz and uh, Newman as well, Uh, both quarterbacks involved in this one, uh, to a 34-27 victory Boy, guys, nice. um, we think Toronto didn't run away with the East. Uh, Hamilton pulls one out. Now they we know, that they had a one A one B scenario. Ryan, in Matthew Shelton, Dean Evans, is this just the rematch and the split, or did we learn anything about Hamilton in this game?
1: I don't know if we necessarily learned anything about Hamilton, but we learned what we thought so far this season is right about the argos and that it's one good game one bad game one good game one bad game there's zero consistency and to be honest there's zero consistency from either of these teams you know we were chatting about this one as it was going on and it was looking like yeah it was going to be toronto you know covering uh you know toronto taking up the win in this one and then hamilton comes back late in this game and they find a way to get it done and I think we're going to see a lot of that over the net. We've got two more matchups between these two teams. I expect a a lot more unpredictability between them. Two teams that clearly don't like each other. Two teams that have, I think, the talent on paper. Two teams that are dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And two teams that don't have the consistency on the field. So... Uh, you know it's it's hard to really make anything out of games we've seen between you know teams like Hamilton so far I I was high on Matt Schiltz coming in I thought he did a decent job especially coming back from injury and you know leaving it right late there Um but uh you know it was a close game Hamilton came on top and yeah home and home series generally split and, and for two teams that you know aren't terribly different in talent right now. I'm not surprised it ended up this way, Adam.
2: No, I'm not surprised at all either. I mean, both of these teams here, uh, they've been inconsistent all year long. Why should this be any different right now? Uh, like you said, Ryan, one good game out of McLeod Bethel Thompson, one kind of eh, average game, I guess I would call it maybe this one uh, for McLeod Bethel Thompson. I mean, 64% uh, completion rating, 287 and a touchdown, in the CFL, that's pretty average, really. Uh, rushing, I mean, uh, A.J. Ouellette, I mean, only 47 yards rushing. I don't think either team really had any amount of a rushing game. Uh, Jamie Newman, the third-string quarterback, actually had 55 yards for the Ticats, which just, again, shows that they just will not use their running back unless they're forced to. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very strange thing, the East. I know Trey has a hard time figuring out the East. I have a hard time figuring out the East as well, just because really you don't know what's going to happen. It's you don't know want it used to be the Wild Wild West. Well, it's Wild East because you really don't know what's going to happen in any game, and uh, that's a really good thing or a really bad thing. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, Mike, I have a question, guys? Does this benefit the Montreal Alouettes?
0: And the reason I say that, and I should maybe uh, put a qualifier in here. If Toronto and Hamilton are going to beat each other up and go two and two against each other, is there not an opportunity for Montreal to start racking up some wins and making a move on first place, as much as everybody's talking about them being in second place and fighting potentially for third, although that seems to be a reach at this point in the season? Does either of you want to bite on that? No, uh, Yeah, no, the
2: Alouettes, I mean... The the only thing they need to do is start winning in their division. I think is more what they need to do. Uh, They're one and two in their division, two and four away, uh, uh, out of uh, away, and one and two at home. They just need to get some consistency. But I mean, so does the whole East. They're both three and six. Uh, Again, those games against Montreal and Hamilton, they still have two left or three left, I believe. So that's what essentially will decide second or possibly a uh, playoff elimination because. I really can't see there being no crossover this year, Ryan.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think there is uh East is certainly crossing over. I think there's uh, uh the West is looking pretty good right now. And, you know, this is where we see what the Eastern teams are made of, because this is somebody's going to eventually pull ahead here. And, and like you said, you know, if, if Hamilton and Toronto are beating each other up, well, Montreal just picked up a pretty key win and they have a chance to move ahead here. But, You've got two more key matchups coming up between these two teams. And if one team can take two of those, well, then you're sitting pretty here, right? So uh, for me, with, with both of these teams, it comes down to that consistency thing. It comes down to not turning the ball over. It comes down to getting the run game going, using it effectively, and getting those big defensive plays to shut the other team down. And uh, it's fascinating. I, I, I'm, I like this. I, I like this four and five for Hamilton and Toronto. I hated it at first, but now it's fun. Now we're into it. Now we're into the gamesmanship of two, right? Two games down. Right. And I know we have the week separating in between here. I forget who has the bye week but I know somebody plays Calgary. I think it is. Uh, and then they go ahead to head two more times and I'm living for it. I I'm, I'm excited to see what happens when these two teams face each other again. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens for Hamilton going forward here specifically. You know, Matt Schiltz came in, he delivered a win. Dane Evans, I don't think played spectacular so far this season. I still think it's Evans's team when he's healthy, but you know, they have started using Schiltz in that dual bat quarterback system. I wonder if they start using him a little bit more here, but you know, these teams are beat up. Like Hamilton was without, I think three or four receivers that are regularly in the starting lineup. and And that's just time for next man up. And The the key play in this one was a big, long Tim White touchdown that helped my fantasy team this week um, and helped the Ticats go on to win this game. So guys like that got to step up for these teams.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because uh, I want to touch on something really quickly. I know we need to move on to the next game, Uh, but it seems like Andrew Harris has picked up a significant injury. Uh, Word is it's an upper body, pectoral type of injury. Um, speaking from experience, not having one, but knowing people that have dealt with them, uh, it is a tough injury to, uh, diagnose properly. It is a tough injury to heal. Um, it's a tough injury, quite frankly, to get a read on. And I don't know if you happen to see, uh, Dave Naylor on TSN today who said, who said something to the effect of, you know. Wouldn't be surprised if it's the season ending, depending on the severity. Um, to me, I think this throws Toronto uh, completely in into a state of array. Uh, as much as we, you know, talk about Andrew Harrison getting up there in age, quite frankly, guys, he was on pace for a 1,000-yard season, which, you know, not a lot of people suspected that he would do uh, – you know, and maybe one of the reasons why the Bombers let him go, I think a lot of that has to do with money uh, and opportunity. Um, but, again, just quickly a thought from you guys on, it sounds like uh, Andrew Harrison didn't miss at least the that game, potentially more. Uh, they'll know more probably by Wednesday's show. Um, what, Adam, does the loss of Andrew Harris mean for the Argos and the B part, can we bank on roulette to pick up the the, the the slack here, whether it's
2: short-term or long-term?
0: And then what does that do to the Argos prospects of hoping to finish first in their division?
2: You know, it's definitely a, a terrible thing for the the Toronto Argonauts to lose a guy like Andrew Harris. I mean, he was they brought in to be the guy uh, to hold back a lot of the trouble for yeah, McLeod Bethel Thompson sometimes a little air in footballs uh, it was meant for again a consistent solid running back back there that can lead the team to victory when it needs it when the team needs when it gets cold out this is the guy they expected to run the ball and bring him a chance to go and win some playoff games if he's gone for the season I really don't like the odds for the Toronto Argonauts if he's back in a game or two I think AJ Ulet can hold off the fort for a little while. He'll be all right, but he's not the ultimate solution that I've seen so far. Hopefully, he improves and that he actually gets a few more uh, games and gets more experience. But let's face it, he's not Andrew Harris, uh, and nobody really is Andrew Harris. He can't suddenly. You've got now. I believe AJ Ulet. I'm not sure if he's Canadian or not. I'm sorry about not looking that up earlier. He isn't. So that then all of a sudden messes up your ratio. Which Toronto, I'm sure, pretty much had uh, penned in uh, having a Canadian in uh, running back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't. So, something's got to change there. Uh, so, again, short term, yes, you could do next man up. Uh, Long term, this really would suck a lot for the uh, Toronto Argonauts, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me because, uh, sure, losing Andrew Harris is a loss, and we always knew that risk was coming, coming into the year, right? And I think that's a big reason Winnipeg moved away from Andrew Harris, and, and, you know, maybe it kind of feels like maybe they made the right decision in doing so at this point. Now, granted, you can't predict injuries necessarily, but he's up there in age. Uh, He does have injury history, and yeah, it's a loss for the Argos, but it's I would say it's only a loss half the time because offensive co- head coach and offensive coordinator Ryan Dinwiddie subscribes to the Jason Maas school of poor offensive game plans at times where you where he doesn't use them effectively. Like we've seen some games with 26 carries, we've seen some games with 7 from Andrew Harris and that's and it's clear what works is giving him the ball a lot, but they haven't been doing so consistently. So you know, the worth you lose when a guy goes down to injury is only as much as the worth he is within your offensive game plan, right? And so uh, to me, this is uh, more of a pass-heavy offense, and they've got the tools in the passing game. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has the arm for it. Um, If they can get a solid running game, I think they'll be okay here. And I have confidence in A.J. Oleg. He's been with the team since 2018, 2019. I think he was the backup behind James Wilder. Ended up starting down the stretch. Showed some flashes. If he's the guy in the starting lineup, I like it. If all of a sudden he's the backup, because again, the ratio. And then we see 15th overall pick Daniel Adebayo get the start at running back. And I'm excited for that as well. So, yeah, it sucks to lose Andrew Harris due to injury but I am also uh, excited to see the, uh, the the backup guys here uh, and see what they can do going forward here. I should just add that I'm utterly amazed that Ryan could just
2: pronunciate anybody's name at any time without even looking it up or doing anything.
1: It's a gift, Adam. It's a gift.
2: Fair enough, fair enough, guys. The third game of the week, probably
0: the game of the year, Canada. Uh, the BC Lions coming back to beat the challenger Stampeders 41-40 to at McMahon Stadium. In Calgary, you know, Adam, you mentioned something that brings great joy to Saskatchewan fans. I think it was last week, and that's an angry uh, Chris Jones. To me, what brings a great deal of joy to myself is not necessarily Saskatchewan losing, but an angry bully by Mitchell, who fully had a no-holds-barred post-game um, quote directed at his team, directed at himself. Um Guys, I think simply the only way we can sum this up is Calgary played scared. They saw Nathan Ward heating up and literally ran for cover and... There was just enough time for BC to hit the game-winning field goal. Um, you know what? I, I'll say this before I throw it to Ryan, who's the chairman of the Day-Bloorke Hall of Fame thing. And I know he didn't pick up on this, but I just need to say this. I said on the group chapter we have Hall of Fame candidacy in jeopardy early on. Guys, Hall of Fame... Resumes are built on performances like what Nathan Wark had. You know, those couple interceptions, hit yourself up off the mat and start chucking dimes in the second half. Like that first half of the first quarter didn't happen. Guys, it was 20 to 6 or 20 to 7 for Calgary. And I thought the game was done. We saw another element of Nathan Ward who said, you know what? Yeah, I made two mistakes. Yeah, I made three mistakes. How many mistakes did he make in the fourth quarter? I believe the number is zero. The guy has no fear. He throws balls into windows that are like, oh, there's probably going to be a DB there to step. Oh, no, don't worry. My guy's got it. Guys, this is a... Performance that is legendary. Now, I know we had a all oh, threatening Dunnigan's record a couple times, but guys, this is the brand new level. This is a massive rally at McMahon Stadium with one of the best quarterbacks of this decade on the other sideline, bewildered. That is something. That is absolutely something, guys. Um, Am I going to suggest that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers reign of first place is somewhat in peril? I'm not willing to go there quite yet because BC would have to win out, uh, including, in my opinion, both of those games against the Bombers to give it a chance. There's a chance, right? But what we're seeing from a Canadian quarterback here, Adam, week after week after week and multiple You know, two receivers over 120 yards receiving. He's almost thrown for 500 yards. Yet again, I think he was at 488. We're running out of adjectives to describe Nathan Wark. But what do we make of Calgary here, Adam? Another inconsistent effort where they had the game pretty much won. and. Sorry, one person got bigger as the game went along, while well, the team but everybody expected to be the better team down the stretch faded. What do we make to this?
2: Well, first things first, I wanted to bring up, if Ryan's uh, chairing the uh, Nathan Rourke Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony, I think I might have to start co-chairing it because, you know, you're right, uh, Mike. We're running out of adjectives to talk about uh, Nathan Rourke. I'm going to just use a few uh, nouns now, I guess, and use the words Flutie, Garcia, Moon. I mean, let's face it. The guy there has done utterly incredible things in the CFL. I mean, it, I'll be absolutely floored if there isn't five or six NFL scouts sitting in every BC Lions game from here on in. And I, I honestly mean that. The guy there is that good. I. Uh, I really have not seen a Canadian quarterback ever do what he's done. And that's a real hat tip to the Canadian quarterbacks out there. So if you're another one of them, I hope to see you do the same thing very soon. Now going on to the Calgary stampede side of things, you're right. It's, it's a three, it's a four quarter game. They played three of them. They seem all of a sudden Nathan Rourke come back out and say, start hucking dimes. And they just backed off and it's kind of a weird thing for the Calgary Stampeders to do that. I mean, yes, I know Trey Robertson is hurt. Uh, They had other guys injured as well in the middle core and also in the secondary. But that being said, I don't know. You could double cover guys. You could triple cover guys. I don't know if it's just Calgary was pulling back or Nathan Rourke just absolutely exploded again. Either way, it was fun to watch, right?
1: Yeah, first up, you know, as the chairman of the board, put Nathan Rourke in the Hall of Fame. No, scratch that. I don't think that's enough anymore. I think we rename the Hall of Fame after him. The Nathan Rourke Memorial. Well, no, that that implies he's dead. Uh, He is very much alive and thriving. The Nathan Rourke Hall of Fame is where we're at. uh, Because he did it again. He broke his previous record, set the previous week. Uh, I saw a stat, John Hodge from Three Down Nation this week saying Nathan Rourke has as many 400-yard passing games in his career as Bo Levi Mitchell does. And I know Mitchell's been down in his passing totals the past couple of years, but early on in his career, he was lighting up defenses left and right. So he does it again. You know, Mike, you said you didn't think BC had it in him. You were concerned early in that game. I had no doubt the whole way through. We've seen him bounce back game after game this season from a bit of adversity and pull it off. But. I could harp on him the entire night long, but I want to shift gears here and actually give credit to the BC Lions wide receiver core, who I think is the best what group of wide receivers in the CFL this season. I think it's the best group of wide receivers we've seen in the CFL in a number of years now. Like we're talking Brian Burnham, Lucky Whitehead, Dominic Rhymes, like Keon Hatcher, Javon Katoy, that group is stacked. And you know what? It gives me flashbacks too. Uh, I think it's the 2015 Ottawa Red Blacks team, right? Where we had Brad Sinopoli, we had Greg Ellingson, we had uh, Chris Williams, Ernest Jackson, you know, four 1,000-yard receivers in there with Henry Burris at QB. I see a lot of that right now. As, as much as Rourke is making nice passes, like, come on, Brian Burnham, are you kidding me? Like, that, that clutch catch and double coverage, like that, uh, that, you know, Lucky Whitehead had another one of them as well. Like this team has so much offensive talent and, you know, credit to the Lions management for going out there and taking a chance on a young quarterback, paying a minimum price so that you could go out there and load up at a position like wide receiver. And uh, I, I think all of the talk right now is about Rourke, but more of it should actually be about what this whole group of guys has done because they've been fantastic thus far.
2: And I, guys, want to and I just want to throw in one comment here. Every West, any team that right now is going to face the Wittip- or face the BC Lions uh, in their barn. So whether it be Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, again, if it's out east, go buy your tickets now. This is just fun football to be watching the way that uh, BC's been for the last three, four, five, six, seven weeks. Uh, it ain't stopping anytime soon. You may as well witness some really fun football while you can.
1: And I just want to touch here on Calgary. Uh, you know, Calgary, it, for me, it, it's hard to make because now they've lost three games, uh, three what, three of their last four here, but they've been to the two teams that have only lost one game, right? Like Winnipeg and BC, you know, I, I harped a lot last week on the offensive inefficiency of Bowie by Mitchell. Still wasn't great in this one. Their whole team really wasn't good in the second half. He himself went out there and said that in his post-game comments. And, uh, you know, I, I liked those comments from Bo as hard as I've been on him. Uh, you know, I think Trey has said this in our group chats, that the biggest thing with Bo right now is the leadership in the locker room. And he he goes out and says that the whole team kind of played like crap outside of Peyton Logan in that second half. So, yeah, they got to be a little bit better defensively. The past couple of games, it's been rough for them. They got to be a little bit better offensively. But I think there's a lot of offensive inefficiencies. Um, you know, Cal- Calgary, like, the defense has played pretty good for the most part this year. The special teams has been outstanding. Now we've seen a bit of a drop off here for the defense in the past few weeks. And that's the offensive inefficiencies have been catching up to them at times. Like They didn't play fantastic against Ottawa, but they pulled out the win because of their defense and special teams. So, yeah, Calgary, they've had a couple tough games here in a row. I want to see them bounce back out here going forward to uh, see what happens here for, for them and if they can get that offense on a roll. Because I still don't think Bo and his receivers are on the same page. Mike? Well, here, here's an interesting thought, guys. I, I mean,
0: everybody's giving a lot of credit to BC's offense. Let's just give some love of that defense. Uh, and they're saying, you know what? Everybody's talking about our offense, and we're just here doing our business about, you know, we're a pretty darn good defense, too, with the combo and you yeah, know, those types of guys. Guys, you know, without a dread, you, you don't have one loss like the BC Lions do if you don't have a good defense. The only concern that I do have about the BC Lions, if I may for just a minute, their special teams is leaking oil. Um. Those special teams almost single-handedly lost this game to Calgary. The amount of big returns, the amount of uh, shady hunting, uh, clean up the special teams a little bit, and you could be that much better of a football team. Just my two cents on on BC. Um, I I think the special teams made this a higher-scoring game than it needed to be, but I I think, you know, you've got to watch that fine line. But, guys, make no mistake, not a lot of people thought about this BC defense, which really sets up this offense, which really sets up a a, a football team uh, quite nicely. Uh, Let's move on quickly to this other game that we have, uh, because I have a feeling we're going to be spending some time talking about this. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 34 to Edmonton out 23. Adam, before I pass it over to you, I just wanted to get this in, but I feel this was a much closer game than the score showed. Um yeah, rider fans, I didn't have a chance to listen to the Colin show because it was so late. But close and find a way to win, I guess, for the Riders. And I think, guys, that might have been the final straw as far as Edmonton and playoffs go. Uh, Now having lost that tiebreaker to the Riders um, and seemingly slipping further back in the West, I I think the outs and playoffs can no longer be said in the same sentence as far as this year goes. But Guys, you know I think we were a few penalty flights away, but didn't get thrown from having a completely different score. Uh, Am not trying to don't play what the Riders did because they they won the game fair and square. But this is about what Edmonton did to help the cause. I mean penalty 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 every third play, there was laundry on the field these two teams both of them in my opinion need to find a way to clean up the penalties and maybe edmonton needs to stop tinkering with the back half of that defense because it seems to be a mess and until they find something that works how are you gonna find cohesion but i i know i Kind of left a lot of thoughts on the table there. But let's go to the resident Rider fan on this podcast, Adam Stewart. And I was warned beforehand that there may be a rat coming. So I'm going to mute my microphone and give Adam a floor. Adam, the rider snappy, losing streak. But I get the sense isn't quite rosy with you. Yeah,
2: No, the Riders, I mean, let's face it, it's great. They snapped their losing streak. They're back in the win column. They're back over 500, which is all good and fine and dandy. Here's my thing. In the CFL, games are won and they're lost lost in the trenches. When a three-man front is getting through and putting pressure on Cody Fajardo, you've got serious problems in that offensive line. When a defense just cannot seem to stop uh, uh taylor cornelius who is not known as a running quarterback until this week when they can't stop him, there's a serious problem in your defensive line and that being said i know the riders are decimated a lot up front by injuries slash suspensions uh they're going to get a piece back this week with garrett marino returning this week against the bc lions we'll talk more about that on wednesday's show but again You are still missing Pete Robertson. I think he may be back hopefully this week. He needs to be. Uh, They have not gotten any pressure uh, much on the uh, quarterback unless it's in stunts. Uh, Yes, you can go and throw up the front to Darnell Sankey. You can push him up. You can also go and put in, uh, 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 you could also put other pieces in there, but your big thing is if you're going to pull stunts, that's great. But if you're going to go and try to just get some pressure With your defensive line, you need some pieces. A.C. Leonard's still out. Pete Robertson's still out. Over on your offensive side of the football, you are not making any amount of real holes for Jamal Morrow. That being said, yes, we are still in the Jason Moss school of uh, funny uh, calls, which means that sometimes you just decide, ah, what the heck, why do we need to throw it? Give it to Jamal Morrow. Even though you should give it to Jamal Morrow, because, I mean, he's outstanding so far this season. But what bugs me is, again, you have no offensive line. You've got a Cody Fajardo who, in the third quarter, looked like he was completely lost and just absolutely rattled for a while there, and couldn't get anything going at all. Luckily, there was a pickoff by uh, Mulligan; otherwise, this game could have went the other way very quickly. And you're right, Mike. Penalties need to stop for both of these teams. Chris Jones needs to get a hold of this team and stop getting those 10-yard, 15-yard objectionable contacts. Get your offensive lineman who you only have one spare of thrown out before the uh, second half our second half begins. That's a terrible thing to be doing as a uh deep offensive uh play because you don't have the core uh, offensive line to begin with. So this game could have went either way. Let's face it, it's good. I'm glad Saskatchewan won the game and that they got a little bit of momentum going into the BC uh, game here this week. But I'll tell you right now, if they play that offensive line the way they've been playing and that defensive line been playing the way it's been playing, it means that Cody Fajardo is going to be running for his life and absolutely second guessing everything that he does. And if he does that, it's going to be very ugly for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this week. Ryan, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this is now, what, the third time this season we've seen Saskatchewan put up a very meh football game, very underwhelming football game for 55 minutes and then turn it on in the final five and uh, come out with a big win that the score tells you more than the, the actual effort out on the field was. It was a battle back and forth all night, and you mentioned the running ability of Taylor Cornelius. I think the Edmonton Elks running backs also had not a bad day, which was almost surprising to me to see Saskatchewan's had a pretty solid run defense so far this season. Edmonton's been a team that really hasn't run the ball much. Granted, they've been behind in a number of football games. But all of a sudden, to see them come out early and, and try to run the ball like they did and use that effectively was an interesting wrinkle from the Elks. And they had themselves in this game. They killed themselves here with the penalties. As you mentioned, seems like there are a lot of penalties. There is one. There was a pyramiding call involved in this, which I I know Trey just brought that up in the YouTube chat. Which um, I'm so intrigued by the pyramid calls. Like, this is an enigma to me. Where did this come from? Like, where I had never heard of pyramiding as a rule in football until the last week, and now we've had three calls, and it's like, is this the? you know how you go to a restaurant and they have like the soup of the day is the pyramiding like the penalty of the 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 day for for the cfl right now i don't know but seems like they're calling it pretty heavily i thought this one was a little iffy in this football game myself it didn't seem like it was too crazy of a leapfrog uh as chris in the in the youtube chat says but you know, the Elks, it just seems like they are getting themselves into penalty trouble here, and it cost them. And what otherwise was a pretty decent football game for them. Uh, this is a team that, you know, is finally getting healthy. I think they had almost everybody in the lineup for once this week. And, you ex- and we finally got that consistency. Mike, you mentioned, you know, the rotation constantly in the defensive backfield. There was some consistency there for them finally this week. But, yeah, they're taking penalties here and there. They're getting burned here and there, and ultimately it costs them late in this one. So storyline for me here is for Saskatchewan is, you know, a lot of the concerns, I won't repeat what Adam said. I agree with everything you said there about concerns over the Riders, but to their credit, still finding a way to win football games, and they're still keeping themselves competitive there in the West Division, and they can start, you know, getting healthier, getting Dan Clark back eventually, turning things around a little bit. I think they can still compete for a top three spot in the West division here yet this season. So I'm not down and out on the riders. Yeah, it was a sloppy effort, but we've seen a lot of those from different teams that have pulled out a win. So good game. No win. Yes. For the Elks. Yeah. Like you said, Mike, I, I think this is curtains almost on the season here at this point. They they're falling behind here in this one uh, in that West division and each win is uh is each loss is going to add up more and more here down the stretch. Guys, I think one
0: positive thing for Saskatchewan, and then I'll talk about the pyramiding, uh, where where I think it's coming from. Um, one positive for the writers, and I'm not sure if this was talked about why I was gone, so I apology, apologize if this was already said. Um, nice of Duke Williams to... Uh, finally catch a couple footballs and actually play the way we know he can. Um, The celebration was awesome. Uh, You know what? (laughs) This is the old saying, right? Pouring salt in the wound, knowing exactly what you're doing uh, to agitate the opposition. Granted, he ran where there were a lot of Ryder fans. So... You know what? One positive, despite all the negative, is that they finally found a way to get Duke Williams to be some sort of himself on the football field and told him to kind of cut the antics out. Um, Dare I say the suspension for Duke Williams for throwing the helmet may actually be the turning point because uh, now he can actually focus on football and making football plays. Uh but I, I love that celebration. Um unfortunately I, I don't feel that the CFL sees it the same way. Um I don't know about you, but I had uh visions of the John Gott touchdown celebration uh, from all those years ago. granted that 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 got John Gott into some hot water with the lead office. um but personally, I think it's time for the lead to start allowing the players within reason, I'll say, uh, to start showing some of their um, personalities. And then, you know what, that's totally a Duke Williams personality uh, touchdown right there. And it was a big touchdown for that point in the game. Uh, and I think it was Duke's not so subtle reminder to say, hey, remember me? I'm back, and yeah, you know what, as much as we talked about ugly wins, um, the football team that resides in this city has about five or six of them, so I'll let this one slide for the writers. Uh, The only thing I will say, good luck Friday night, because if you play a lot the way you played that one, yeah, this might be a 30-point game against you at halftime. Granted, I I will be honest, and I know I'm not on Wednesday's show, uh, but I will say this with kind of a hot take, and you can chew on it on Wednesday night if you guys want. I think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people give them credit for, only because I think playing somebody, um, only playing somebody with a good record Uh, that, you know, you expect or the majority of people expect you to lose to unless you're in Saskatchewan, um, you know, motivates you. It brings out the best in you. You know, we want to be the one to stop Nathan Ward. And I I think, guys, this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people give him credit for. I'm just saying the mistakes of games past better not come back to haunt the Riders because then they'll be down 30-plus and that won't be good, and everybody will have a million questions going into the next week. But my hot take for the week, I think this game will be within a touchdown to one of the fourth quarter, and there might even be potential for an upset.
2: You know, I sure hope so, Mike, but uh, I'll tell you right now, unless Wednesday I feel a lot better about it. I don't know if I'm going that way right now, and I'm a Rider fan. So uh, we'll see what happens here. I should also add, though, the uh, my favorite touchdown celebration of the week was Dominic Davis jumping in and trying to take the IGF leap and getting absolutely owned by the fans and shoved back out.
1: Not, not to mention his first touchdown pass, even more bizarre. Like runs across the end zone and just pelts a spiral straight into the foam W on the wall, like. Dom Davis uh, had some resentment towards the Bombers I didn't know existed this week and uh, he was fired up, but all in all, I love, I love fun touchdown celebrations. I think they add character. It's one of my big knocks on the NFL is the lack, Uh, you know, they call it the no fun league. You get fined for all of these things probably in the NFL. I love the character of the players. That's one of the things I love about the CFL most. So give me more touchdown celebrations like some of these. Yep.
0: For sure guys. I'm sorry, I'm just in the middle of uh, pouring up an element for later in the show. Uh, Let's move on to our fantasy results, uh, betting and fantasy results for the week, uh, Ryan.
1: Yeah, let's take a look at our week 10 betting results here powered by Betstamp. Remember, check out uh, betstamp.app and use referral code CFC to sign up for free today. Uh, To track, and you can track our bets on there, our consensus picks, Trey, Adam, myself, every week on our Wednesday preview show, we make our picks against the spread using the best odds for that game. Uh, And this week, how did we do? Well, uh, in the first game of the week, we all took Winnipeg at minus 11. Adam, I think at this point in the week, it might be in jeopardy. Uh, Yeah, so we did not hit on that one. Uh, In Hamilton and Toronto, Adam and Trey both took Toronto at plus two and a half. I took Hamilton at minus two and a half. So I got that. I was the only one to get that one right. But unfortunately, it's best two out of three. So on our consensus pick, we got another one wrong. Uh, And I blame you guys. Uh, And then on the... Uh, BC-Calgary game, Adam and I both took BC, although there were some question marks uh, around Adam's pick. We had to review the footage. Uh, we, he threw the challenge flag and the call stood. Uh, uh, we took BC at minus one and a half. That didn't hit. Credit to Trey. He was the only one right at uh, plus two and a half for Calgary there. Uh, but again, two out of three, got it wrong. So uh, Trey can blame us for that one. Uh, but then we ended off the week on a good note with Saskatchewan all picking Saskatchewan at negative five and a half uh, to finish off the week, and all got that one right. So uh, records on the week: two and two for me and Trey, one and three for Adam, one and three on our consensus picks as well. You can uh, you can find our picks uh, if you download the Betstamp app. You can follow us along there. Uh, at CF Countdown Pod is the username there. And, and uh, Trey, I believe, is tracking his picks on there as well. Trey CF Countdown, I think, is his name there. So uh, go follow all of that. Uh, overall records on the season Trey leads, leads the way at 24 and 15. I am at 22 and 17. Adam, you are at 20 and 19. Mike, you are a perfect 0 and 0 so far on the season. As uh, as Mike uh, Mike does uh, not make the weekly we picks, he just uh, he reca- he helps us recap the games here. Uh, let's take a look at our fantasy league results here in the uh, CFL podcast fantasy league. It was a triple crown here on the Canadian Football Countdown. Myself, Adam, and Trey all picked up key wins this week. Me beating Mike from Podsky. Weewee. Oui, oui, Adam, I think you beat Mike from the Turf District. Uh, and Trey took down uh, Joe from Rouge, White and Blue. So uh, a couple of po- folks near the tops of the standings. You guys understood the assignment. You did your job. Uh, you helped me get separation at the top of the standings. I'm very thankful. And uh, Adam, it was a very narrow victory for you in that one, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: You know what? It don't matter how you do it. It just matters how many you get. So I'll take it at that. Uh, Superfan Mike, of course, uh, for some reason decided to take it easy on me this week. Uh, So yeah, I think I had 62 points and somehow pulled off a victory, which, uh, yeah, just, just shouldn't happen at all. But hey, I'll take it.
1: Hey, yes, of course, uh, Trey is saying in the YouTube chat, he did pick up the win and he took Toronto's defense. So if you go back to our preview show from Wednesday, over whether or not he was allowed to take Saskatchewan, he does not need to wear green face paint this upcoming Wednesday. So uh, of course, you can follow all the results on that at CFL pod fantasy on Twitter. Now, for our little fantasy league on the podcast, we did our draft preseason. We have been making moves all season long, setting our lineups here and there. Uh, I did pick up the top score on the week at uh, 101.4 points. Thank you, Nathan Rourke, once again. Uh, Yeah, MVP of my team, no doubt. Uh, Mike, you picked up 93.7 to finish second on the week. Adam at 72.3. Trey at 52.1. Overall season totals, myself in the lead at 972.2. Mike is in second at 861.2. Adam, 835.9. And Trey, uh, 639.3. Good week for me. Uh, (laughs) Trey says in the chat, every player on my team is for sale, guys. Uh, I have a feeling there will be some more trade offers here along the way. But, uh, hey, Mike, big week for you this week uh, with 93 points here as well, uh, led by a couple of your BC Lions. We may have lost Mike uh, due to the weather, but uh...
0: sorry, guys, my uh, signal keeps cutting in and out tonight. That's still storming here. Uh, gonna be into a third hour here shortly. Um, no, but seriously, like hitch my white into the BC Lion dominant rhymes and uh, Ryan Burnham. The only problem I can't catch Ryan because his quarterback is Nathan Ward. So somewhere i gotta make up the difference it's becoming frustrating uh say the very least uh might have to look at some things at running back this week with andrew harris in my national situation so uh might be time to turn to a secret weapon we'll have to see
1: cody fajardo is on the trade block by the way for anybody who wants him Let's, let's,
0: let's be clear the Trades that have been offered to this point have been what I would consider to be unreasonable.
1: Hey, I only need a, I only need another quarterback for one week. The rest of the year, Nathan Rourke uh, has had two bye weeks. So uh, who wants yeah, to about getting an offer? i
0: you
2: did the trade trade Nathan Rourke. yeah, so, uh, you know. and let's face it, uh, Mike. I mean, I was this close to taking Andrew Harris this week. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for Nate, Reed, Nate got that deal.
0: Yeah, a yeah you fun. know what, it's all in good fun, guys. It's all in good fun.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: Let's hope that uh, my drafts and stuff will work, because it's time for everybody's favorite most debated segment on this show. As our weekend players of the week, Adam, you want to tell everyone you're player of the week?
2: Yeah, well, I mean... Like you, uh, my Ryan said earlier, these uh receivers in Winnipeg apps are Winnipeg in BC absolutely deserve a lot of credit for Nathan Rourke's success. Although Nathan Rourke is pretty good on his own, uh, he does have some great help with him. And my player of the week is Dominic Rimes seven catches, 101 yards, one touchdown, and just put a really good effort against a very tough team in the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, yeah, I went with Dominic Rhymes. Mike. I think yours is a no brainer.
0: Yeah, I had to. I had the honor of uh, stealing the crown from the Hall of Fame uh, campaign manager, Ryan, and uh, was able to at least negotiate a deal for me to name Nathan Ward the Player of the Week. 39 out of 53 for 488 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one rushing touchdown. At the risk of repeating what we've said for at least seven of these 10 weeks, Nathan Ward is my Player of the Week. Ryan, uh, you stayed with the same team. A very, very, very uh worthy player of the week for you.
1: Yeah, and for me, you know, I wanted to give somebody, I figured I had to share the Nathan Rourke train a little bit because he's been my player of the week the majority of the season. And I wanted to give some love, like I did earlier, to his wide receivers. And Brian Burnham, almost with the injury, almost felt like a forgotten, not a forgotten piece to me, but... In years past, it's been, oh, Brian Burnham's coming back in the lineup. Like, this is huge. And now it's been kind of like, okay, well, what's he going to take away from these other receivers that have been, you know, huge season thus far? He has had, he had a fantastic game. Eight catches, 165 yards, one touchdown. I believe he also, this was his 100th straight game to start his career with a catch. Like, he is not, I don't, did I understand that stat right? He hasn't had a game without a catch yet in his career. uh uh, maybe i misunderstood that one but either way he is clutch every time and the lions don't win this game if he doesn't make some ridiculous grabs that he had no business making so i will give it to brian burnham my honorable mention this week goes to a guy that is not a player he is not a coach he's not a guy out on the field i gotta give honorable mention to tsn play-by-play man dustin nielsen this week who this game between Calgary and BC was the game of the year. It was exhilarating. It was fantastic. And a game like this called by the enthusiasm and energy level of Dustin Nielsen, uh, just his next level. Like, he is easily one of the best in the business. You can see he's having a lot of fun out there. And uh, shout out to Dustin Nielsen for uh, being one of the best play-by-play guys there and uh, making this game even better than it already was. I'll tell you
2: what, Mike, I'll go and I'll quickly run through uh, Trey's here if you'd like. Uh, he had an honorable mention put in the uh, chat real quick here. He wanted to give an honorable, uh, the defensive player of the week, to the North Upright over in Investors Group Field. And I figured that was probably pretty worthy of uh, the that. Uh, but his player of the week is Duke Williams of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Maybe not the most impressive in uh, yards, but big catches when he needed to make those big catches uh, for the Rough Riders. And, of course, giving the Edmonton Elks a nacho year celebration by jumping in the end zone and having a seat in the uh, Lounge area. Just just epic.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where we went with uh, Trey's play of the week. Four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. He also he also
1: gave an honorable mention to Andre Pru for his 400th yes. career game.
2: Yes. Yeah, I think we all should give him a quick little mention. He's he's one of the most experienced refs. There's a reason why he's 400 games in. He's a great referee. I know a lot of people pick on him because, you know, sometimes he gets a little confused. I mean, even Drew Wolitarski had a few moments there <laughs> in uh, Winnipeg, not making sure he was pointing the right way. <laughs> Andre had a good laugh about it. But, yeah, congratulations, Andre, on a 400-game uh, career.
0: And the fact he does it again and again and again and again and continues to keep doing the, the one of the as one of the best refs in the CFL, if not the best ref. Um, you know what? shows to uh, a diver can have a little bit of fun at his own expense sometimes, and uh, we all need that as much as uh, you know. I'd makes the CFL what it is. It's a unique Canadian. Um, situation and somebody bit about 400 games you must be doing something right to get 400 games uh, contrary to everybody you know if you, if you did a lot of hate um, chances are you're doing something right uh, over the course of time and congratulations Andre on uh, 400 games. Uh, now the most debated segment of the week the power rankings. Uh, if you don't mind I'm going to run through my power rankings first because I have a few in my my uh, video saying those about to go to uh, poof My power ranking, Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, and Ottawa. Not quite ready to rel- rel- relinquish the number one title, unlike other people on this podcast, to the BC Lions quite yet. That is just based on the fact that Winnipeg has more wins at this point in time than... The BC Lions. We'll see if that changes uh, in the next couple weeks. And as always, number four to number nine seems to be interchangeable throughout the week. Uh, Hamilton, a good performance with Matthew Schultz. Saskatchewan, Toronto, uh, Montreal. Should have maybe given them a little bit more love. Uh, Just goes to show how compressed they are uh, four to nine uh, in the rankings. Now, Ryan has an interesting choice here. He had BC at number one, and and so did Adam. So, guys, I need you to sell me on the fact that you did not have Winnipeg at number one, despite playing more games and more wins than the BC Lions.
1: Yeah, I can can go here. Uh, Which team scares you more? To me, it's the BC Lions, and frankly... For most of the season, it's been that way. And the only reason I put Winnipeg ahead is because they were undefeated. And you can't put an undefeated team at the midway point of the season almost as second on the ranking. I think the Lions are so much more of a threat. I think they've had more dominant victories. I think they've come back many times from adversity. Uh, So that's, to me, why I have them number one. You know, Winnipeg did lose this week. BC picked up a huge win in a big matchup here. Uh, in the comeback victory. So I got to put them at first in my rankings. Uh, Adam, were you thinking the same thing here? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I'm looking at which
2: team I'd rather face if I was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders or the Calgary Stampeders right now. Would I rather go into a loud BC play stadium, face a team with uh, five plus, probably thousand plus yards receivers by the looks of things, and a quarterback who is absolutely dynamite right now, Oh, and by the way, they have a pretty good uh, running back as well with James Butler, and that defense is still pretty good also in BC. Or do I want to go and try my luck uh, playing Winnipeg and, you know, having a quarterback that's a real good game manager and a very good uh, quarterback, but I don't know if he's quite what uh, Nathan Ork is right now, to be honest with you. Uh, At this point, BC to me is number one just because they're a team that nobody wants to face. Uh, going in right now, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens against Saskatchewan this week because uh, that could tell me a lot of which way I want to go if I want to go east or west this year with the Rough Riders.
1: Yeah, as for the rest of uh, the rankings here, I mean, we're pretty consistent. I think you and I are in lockstep the entire way here, Adam, uh, with, with Calgary at three, Saskatchewan four, Montreal five, uh, Hamilton six, Toronto seven, Ottawa eight, Edmonton nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, Hamilton beat Toronto. Montreal picked up a big win. Saskatchewan, I'm still, you know, higher on them than I am on the Eastern teams. I think they can get right back in it. Um, and that's kind of where I lie with my rankings for this week. Uh, any, anything notable from the rest of them here for you?
2: Yeah, pretty much you're exactly right on mine too. I mean, you could anywhere from five through eight, nine, you could put anybody in there. Uh, I think Saskatchewan, I don't like their offensive line. I don't like right now their defensive line until it gets healthy. And I don't like what they're doing in quarterback just because I'm getting a little more and more nervous about Fajardo each week for his confidence. Not that he can't do it. I know he can, it's just getting a little nervous on that. But that being said, I think that right now, those are the way I do it. And, uh, Trey also mentioned here, uh, what, why he put Winnipeg up on the top. It's because he doesn't know where Galegio's kick is going to go next time. It could nail a fan in the face. And, uh, Nobody wants to see that happen. So, uh, yeah, that's why he's putting Winnipeg at number
1: one. Yeah, the rest of Trey's rankings here, uh, BC at two, Calgary three, Saskatchewan four. uh, Basically the same as us the rest of the way. So it seems like for the most part, the the debate here has been uh, over who is the true number one team in the CFL. And I think that's going to be a fun battle. We're going to see the rest of the way here uh, throughout the rest of the season. And uh, we'll see what our power rankings look like down the stretch here as well. But uh, uh, let's get into wrapping things up here on the podcast tonight. It's been a lot of fun breaking things down. We made it for the most part through the uh, the mishaps with the technology and the weather here tonight. Uh, I think it's gone pretty well uh, so far. And uh, let's hope it does so as we stick it out for the wrap up here uh first of all thanks to everybody joining us here in the chat it's been a lot of fun comments going all night long we love to see it uh and thanks for tuning in live whether it's on uh, youtube twitter twitch facebook or the game time tv youtube page we're live every single week for our weekly recap on monday nights like this uh we're also live uh we'll be live wednesday night 9 p.m winnipeg time 8 p.m saskatchewan other time zones accordingly uh for our week 11 preview as we take a look at everything coming up uh for this coming week uh we'll talk fantasy we'll make our picks again and we'll talk storylines as well and uh stay tuned folks because we may have an extra bonus episode coming out for you again this friday a very exciting one i won't tell you quite yet who the guest is we will tell you on the wednesday night show but uh We are very excited and uh, feel free to make your guesses, Uh, but we are going to hold off on that until Wednesday night uh, to let you know who. So stay tuned for then. We're very excited and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So uh, look forward to that. Look forward to our episodes every single week. Of course, you can follow us on social media or on Facebook, the Canadian Football Countdown there uh we are on twitter at cf countdown pod make sure you check out uh all of the other great shows from around the canadian football podcast network uh at cf pod network on twitter and uh guys where can people find you as we wrap things up uh mike let's start with you uh, i think you're here your video is frozen but i think your audio is good
0: yeah sorry guys i can't rectify that right now my internet's has out about 10 times uh but if I'm able to get through to the end of this is nothing short of a miracle. Uh, anyway, that being said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike o, on Twitter. You can find everything about Game Time TV, watch.gametimetv.ca. All uh, right, I'm going to get you a new read for Game Time TV uh, in the next couple weeks as we get closer to the season. Uh, so stay tuned for that broadcast schedule, is coming out. And just To kind of tease everybody again, I can't wait for our bonus podcast. That's it for me.
1: Yes, great, Mike. Uh, Happy it was able to work out with your internet here tonight, and we got this going well. Uh, Richard in the chat was asking, do we know them? Uh, Yeah, I think you know who they are. Uh, Also asking, is it Little Coop? Uh, Nope, it's definitely not, uh, because there is no Little Coop quite yet. Uh, and will be a while, if ever, before they appear on the podcast. Um, uh, stay tuned, though. Uh, no, it's not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, keep the guesses going. Uh, I love all the people uh, in the chat here with us. Uh, Adam, where can people find what you've got going on in social media? Man, I'd love to have Dwayne the Rock
2: Johnson. That'd be awesome for an interview. Uh, we'll work on that one eventually. But in the meantime, you can follow me at Adam Stewart One. Uh, also, make sure that you go and follow Trey also at uh, Trey MB Harness. He's uh, real excited about some big news out of Winnipeg uh, for some track. Uh, news there he's gonna probably uh if you go over there he'll give you all the information that you want to know about uh on that but if you want to follow farming stuff and want to check out some cattle uh want to check out some harvest stuff uh let's face it there's going to be plenty of harvest stuff coming pretty soon uh you can check me out over at adam steward one you can also find me over twitter at farmer in our twitter uh instagram i should say at farmer in sask that's a great place to go and look at all of my things. And yeah, I'm super excited for the interview. Uh, hopefully this Friday we're uh, seeing what happens.
1: More comments in the chat. Richard's at, Richard asks if it's Mrs. Coop, no member of the Coop household is the guest uh, <laughs> member on the podcast. I can see if my cat wants to come on the podcast, but i don't know if she has too many football my cat's actually kind of scared of football she doesn't like all the transitions on the tsn broadcast and runs away whenever i'm watching a football game. so that's a bit sad but uh uh, maybe over time uh she'll warm up to it a little bit uh Mm -hmm. of course you can follow me on twitter at cooper trooper 42 if you want to talk cfl cfl fantasy any of that fun stuff uh if you want to talk uh, Shrek gifts, uh, you can chat with me, Adam or Trey. Uh, Trey put out, by the way, you you plug Trey's Twitter account tr- at TreyMBHarness. Go vote in the poll we have up there for Wednesday's episode. Which Shrek movie is better, Shrek Three or Shrek Four? Uh, I won't put my thumb on the scale here, but uh, we'll be talking we'll be talking about it uh, here on uh, on Wednesday, uh, and uh, Trey and I are in a very heated debate over this so uh stay tuned for that and look forward to everything coming this week as well yeah i can't i can't comment on that i've never seen anything except for shrek One. Oh,
2: so he's an imposter By hey shrek one was pretty good i mean you know it had most of those if you noticed all my gifts came from shrek one
0: guys <laughs> the only thing i know is that there's a donkey involved and <laughs> and a dream individual the rest...
1: okay okay we need to we need to fix this soon we are cfc movie night let's go adam come hop on the combine hop on the tractor come out come out east We're... They,
0: they do have netflix viewing parties you know so we might have to set one up uh, I in guess the so. off season when there's nothing to do
1: I guess I guess that's fair. I guess that's a fair alternative. Uh, lots of fun here on the podcast with you guys. Lots of fun with everybody joining us live as well. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we always appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Uh, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. And on behalf of our entire panel here this evening, Michael Garrell, Adam Stewart, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening. Take care.